Good morning, everyone. This is your favorite podcaster, Christina. It is known to all that the election of president is so fierce that every time numerous people like to participate in this exciting affair. Therefore, the theme of today's topic is about the amendments about election of both senators and president. I'm so excited! Now let's go back to October thirty-first, 18th century, the election of eighteen eighty, which is held from Wednesday to Friday. In full swing in the United States, people are voting for the new president, and the House of Representatives are sitting around a table to discuss something important. So, what issue are they talking about? Thomas Jefferson and Aaron Burr, both the Democratic Republican Party, defeat the competitor. Join Adams of the Federalist Party. However, there is a big problem. Since the Constitution is not able to distinguish between the president and vice president in the vote cast by each state's electors in the Electoral College, both Thomas Jefferson and Aaron Burr received seventy-three votes. According to Article Second, Section First of the Constitution, if two candidates each receives a majority of the electoral votes, but are pretty pretty tied, the House of Representatives will determine which one will be president. As a result, the House of Representatives actually are solemnly choosing the president. However. This decision rests with Lem Duck, which we will talk about it later. Neither can candidate receive a majority within this five days dis- discussion, but unfortunately, Alexander Hamilton shows up to the discussion and contributes to the process of the election. Hamilton argues that Burr is without scruple and unprincipled voluptuary, who would plunder the country. But Hamilton also urged the party to stall, in the hope of inducing Jefferson to make a big deal. Hamilton proposed that, in return for the Federalist votes that would make him president. Jefferson should promise to preserve the Federalist fiscal system, a properly founded national debt, and the bank. 
American neutrality and strong navy, and to agree to keeping in office all our federal friends below the cabinet level. However, Jefferson rejects and says to Adams that any attempt to defeat the presidential election would produce resistance by force. And incalculable consequences. Therefore, the Federalists decided to support Burr. However, the shift occurred sometime after Saturday's final ballot. This is Delaware's Bayard who blinked. That night, he seeks out a Republican close to Jefferson. Almost certainly, John Nicholas, a member of Virginia House delegation, were Delaware to abstain. Bayard points out, only 15 states will ballot, with eight states already in Jefferson column. He would definitely have a majority, and elusive victory at last. But in return, Bayard asks, "Would Jefferson accept the terms that the Federalists had earlier preferred?" Nicholas responds, "According to Bayard's later recollections, and these conditions are very, really pr- pretty reason- reasonable, and that Jefferson." Would absolutely accept those. Eventually, Bayard gives up to vote, and Thomas Jefferson successfully defeats Burr and becomes the president. Let's read the amendment carefully. By words, the senator shall be composed of senators elected by the people of each state. That is the underlying policy of the amendment. How is that policy to be carried out? If a vacancy occurs, the executive authority. Which means the governor of the state shall not may call an election. If the state legislature cho- chooses, it may empower the governor to make temporary appointments. Clearly, it's temporary, not the long term. The appointee deserves until. The people fill the vacancies by election, as the legislature may direct. Most importantly, House seats were 
and are required to be filled by elections called by the writs of election. Therefore, there is not even to auction off the house seat. Hence, the Illinois governor wrote Bagojevich indeed broke the rule, broke the amendment. Well, owing to this tie vote between Thomas Jefferson and Ira Burr, this election point out an issue that there should be, must be an amendment to address it. Here it is: the birth of the Twelfth Amendment, which we're going to talk about it now. Ooh! Yay! Well, there's still a question left in this story. It is about the lamb dog. What is that? Is there a real dog, like in the river? Really? No, absolutely not. Lamb dog is an elected official whose successor has already been elected, or would be soon. However. These periods make pretty much impossible for the next president to get their work done. As a result, to limit the lamb dog period, the Twentieth Amendment, ratified on January twenty third, nineteen ninety three, clarifies that when the outgoing president must depart. And the incoming president must be inaugurated. It also gives the exactly dates of the term of Congress. Additionally, apart from the election of president, the election of senator is always a big thing for the United States too. However. Senators were chosen in backroom deals by state legislatures, where state legislators could be bribed and even intimidated by big business and other insiders. The result was that the hand-picked senators were not exactly serving the people directly. Therefore, to ensure the senator serves for people and be loyal to the constitutions rather than outside interest, Seventeenth Amendment is designed for it on April eight, nineteen thirteen. The last amendment we're going to talk about it. However, can you believe recently? There is a court case in the Seventeenth Circuit Court of Appeal to offer courts a chance to examine the Seventeenth Amendment's meaning and its purpose, which is not clear for every single person.
the case. Judge vs. Berger erases aftermath of the 2008 elections when the flamboyantly corrupt Illinois governor Rod Bagolchevich was trying to auction off the Senate seat vacated by Barack Obama. Eventually. He awarded to the pathetic Roland Barros. Many people at first play thought that it was fine for a governor to do so, since the Seventeenth Amendment gives governors the power to name senators to serve the remainder of senatorial term when the office is vacated by death or resignation. However, they totally misunderstood this concept. As the consult of the plaintiffs, he suggests that the legislature could cut short Barrett's term by scheduling a special election. By contrast. The Democratic majority in the Illinois legislature blocked the bill, since they thought that too much chance that a seat might pass out of their hands. However, for some technical reasons, the court did not order an election, but simply sent the case back. The trial court to permit argument by the two sides. Think about it. But regardless of the practical result, what's important is that a court of the first time has taken seriously the amendment's preference for popular election, and people get to understand the amendment. More clearly, which is really beneficial, right? Well, it is almost the end of today. We have already talked about the Twelfth Amendment, Seventeenth Amendment, and the Twentieth Amendment. Although these amendments might seem boring at first, these are all the amendments that make a better and fair United States. And I hope that my interesting story about the amendments can make a better understanding for you guys. And I hope that you can do search online and make more research about it. Now it is time to end today with a song. I pretty much hope everyone can have a wonderful day, wonderful morning, and a wonderful week. And I will see you guys at the same time next morning. And just keep looking forward the next topic we are going to talk about. Bye. See you guys next week.